Welcome to our weekly podcast here at Freeway Church. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Good I, song. I thought you would sing. No, I'm, I've given up on a, a theme song. Love to create one, I guess. All my theme songs already exist as other people's theme songs. Ah. So. So you need your own. I need my own. You know who we need to get to write us a jingle? Isaac Isham. Ah, yes. I've if heard you, he's done it before. Yeah. If you're listening, Isaac, you can make us a jingle and we'll use it. There we go. <laughs> but welcome. Welcome to our midweek uh, service podcast, midweek podcast. We missed last week. Uh, so Alyssa, catch us up. What's been going on at Freeway? Oh, we've got lots of stuff going on. We are getting ready for our 80th anniversary. Yes. We are getting ready for Christmas now. It doesn't probably look like it yet at the church, but behind the scenes, we are thinking holidays and getting all the stuff together. So it is a busy time for churches and Freeway is not exempt from that. <laughs> from the busy. Yes. 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 So we're getting ready and you're doing a great job, babe. Thanks. Christmas lights. Yes. Christmas decorations. All the all the things. Yeah. All the things. I was thinking this week about how all these little things, there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't notice and stuff, and it's really not necessary in order to celebrate, right? But at the same time, I kind of feel like I'm doing them for Jesus. Like, it's kind of a gift to, like, bring my best, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it as I string thousands of lights hey it's a thing you yeah, know it's we, gonna be great we work on to the lord yes even if it's christmas lights or if it's uh counting right and it is snowing so christmas is coming it huh. is upon us but right now we're still giving thanks thanksgiving thanksgiving yeah last week we had our Kingdom Builders Offering Service, Miracle Offering. Uh, we're so excited that $5,000, over $5,000 came in, and that's a lot for us. And we were just excited to see people stretch and give and trust the Lord with our finances. It's not something that is easy to do. Right. I, I loved that we were just all celebrating it. I think that it's the amount isn't as important as the participation. And I think it was fun to have everybody like there together, excited to find out how much we were giving. Cause I think that giving in the small things, right. Being faithful in the small things like God honors that and I'm praying that he multiplies our gift and yeah. uses it in a bigger way than it, it might seem like it can be used. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. And so that happened. And then last week here uh, on Sundays, we talked about um, small steps of obedience. Kind of God uses those to create big moments of success in our life. Life direction change. All this stuff comes from small steps of obedience. And it's weird. I think you've mentioned this before that our Sunday sermons and our kind of there's kind of a conversation happening that's very like threaded or consistent throughout the weeks. And whether it was Kingdom Builders offering, which developed, you know, you had to have some trust in. Mm -hmm. Or before that, we talked about building our church and our role in building the church and how that, there's some trust. And this past week, we talked about trust in the small acts of obedience. 
Yeah, I I thought this was a great sermon because kudos to you, but also <laughs> to letting the Holy Spirit speak through in the, you in this moment because I think a lot of people were really resonating with it. Just the idea that these little choices we make matter and that obeying God and the tiny little small things are really what are enabling us to obey him with the bigger stuff. And I think we've seen that consistently through our lives, like not compromising our integrity, right? And like following and doing what we're supposed to do in those little things, even when it seems silly or like it doesn't matter or no one will see. And I think that God honors that and that it becomes easier to say yes when God asks us to do something bigger, right? (laughs) Well, it's almost like the big things aren't as important as the little things. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't actually matter where you live or what you do or who you end up even marrying. All that stuff is really important. But like it, what your life is made up of all of these small decisions, right. not the not necessarily the big ones. The big ones are there and they are important. Don't hear me, hear me. But the small ones are what actually your life is. The big ones are just like the canvas. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. And I think for me, these small acts of obedience with the Lord really is a new, I don't know if it's new, but I think it's a definite challenge for modern day Christians in the wake and exposure of social media. Social media, if it's done anything, has limited humans' potential to like do, try things the trying of things or like the going out on a limb or the risking because they don't want to look foolish or they don't want to see, they don't want their friends to think something about them. And I don't know, I think for some reason, everything is public. Well, a lot more, a lot more curated, a public face that's been curated. So whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or whoever, or you're online or, you know, you see, and you're thinking to yourself, God wants me to start a YouTube channel. Well, guess what? There's like, a hundred friends that have a YouTube channel or there's all these other YouTube channels that are more successful and it leaves the the thinker thinking to themselves, well, I'll never be that. Mm-hmm. I won't. What if um, it's big like that or what if it never amounts to anything? What, what about what is the end? And therefore, I'm not going to obey this small step of just starting with what I have. And I think that I think that it is it is normal now that people do less things because they can see the success of others. And if, even if God asks us to, Hey, would you go on a silent retreat? You think to yourself, Oh, like I could never do that. Like someone that's much more spiritual should do that. Or, you know, they start comparing themselves to the world around them. I think it has to do with our, our ability to trust in the small things, but, yeah, I wonder how many of us actually believe that God is speaking to us mm. or nudging us or leading us in small steps. Right. There, are, I mean, there are all kinds of times in my life where I thought that God spoke to me. And then like later, if something didn't work out around that or something, you look back and you think, well, that must not have been God. Or you like question what you heard. And I don't, I I think it takes a long time to understand (laughs) and develop in your relationship with God, like being able to hear his voice. And I think like all those times, 
really was God, even though everything tells us it was, right? So I, I think that extra layer of things can make it complicated. Like if you're already unsure of what God's voice is, and then you also have doubt playing into it, that it makes it harder to trust that you are hearing his voice, you know? Yeah, and I, but, but I think at the same time, like, without that, like, sensitivity or intimacy with the Lord, how are we supposed to move forward or take ground or advance yeah. our life or the kingdom around us? Like, what we hear all the time now is something bad has happened to me. God is going to use that for his... God is going to do something with that. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, he will. He'll do something. He'll turn even the worst situations. He'll turn it to good eventually some way. Um, not that he gives you those bad scenarios, but that God will use those bad scenarios. But the, but the majority of the time, we should be looking to the advances that we make mm-hmm. and trusting that God is going to use that even if we don't see fruit in it. So in other words, something bad happens to me. Oh, God will use it. But what if you tried to obey the Lord's voice, whether it was right or wrong? Like God will use that too, right? Like I remember this one time I felt like the Lord was leading me or nudging me to to pray for this person in front of me at a church service. It was very easy and simple. It was during prayer or worship. And I felt like I needed to put my hand on his shoulder, his right shoulder and pray for him. And it was like a very like clear from the Lord, I should do that. And I, so I just did, I just put my hand on this guy's shoulder and prayed for him. And I have no idea if that meant something to him outside of just normal praying for someone. I have no idea if that was a big deal or it wasn't a big deal, but I just trust that God, that I'm just going to obey what God asked me to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's a little thing, but what if it turned out to be a big thing for him? You know, right. and now we can look back and say, oh, like now like how we can't, we don't know everything that God does with our advances in the kingdom, our moving forwards, our obedience, our small steps of obedience. Because it can be as simple as, you know, working in the middle of the day, working at the wrong time of the day, which was, which was Peter's story we talked about on Sunday. You know, all, all Jesus, all Jesus's request was, hey, work in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. the wrong time of day, mm-hmm. like it's so much different than today. Like, could you imagine someone saying to you, hey, God asking you, hey, work in, just, just uh, log on at midnight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, I think oftentimes though, people aren't hearing those things that God's asking them to do. I don't think we have ears. We all, I should say, have ears to hear or if we're all always listening for what God's asking us to do. He's probably talking to us all the time, but many of us are just so distracted or are not listening for his voice often, right? That like we would even be able to hear him ask us to do weird things, <laughs> right? Like, And I think that's like what's most discouraging to me as a pastor is like, Here's this great truth of scripture and this great truth of God that he walks with you and nudges and leads you in your daily life. Great. But as a pastor, I'm thinking, all I'm thinking is our people are way too distracted. Mm -hmm. I'm way too distracted. Like everyone is so fast paced, moving like they're and Jesus is not like in a hurry. (laughs) He's never in a hurry. Like we are in a hurry all the time. Like that's what we're good at being in a hurry. 
and Jesus is never in a hurry. And it's like, we have to learn how to be just how to like handle this world that we live in. And it is just destroying us. Like we're just getting beaten up left and right. Like it's just so many things that, that we, we're addicted to so many things that we don't even know about, right? Dopamine, we're addicted to screen time. We're addicted to all of this. We're addicted to this like wave of laziness or this wave of like boredom, this wave of stuff that comes in our way that, that stops us from being bored. And we're so committed to that, that or maybe we just we're so afraid of being bored that all we do is continue in this wave of just nothingness. And that, and until we learn to to like tame it, it's it, it is it is going to be our downfall if we want to follow Jesus. So why talk about following God in the small steps when we know that the real problem is the fact that we can't slow down enough to hear him. Like there's a like you're talking next to a waterfall. If you try to talk to someone next to a waterfall, okay. it's so loud. Yep. It's like impossible. You can't say anything. Everything's wet. <laughs> like you're just like <laughs> blinking a lot. Like I don't know if you've ever swam in a waterfall before, but like it's like impossible to have a conversation. And that's like our culture, right? It's like downpour of videos and online and downpour of constant comments from friends and downpour of critiques and self-criticism and all of this un you know un unfinished self issues that we have in ourselves you know all of these things are like that torrent of rain around us and then jesus is like let's have a conversation and you're like what <laughs> what? right yeah and then and then the problem comes that when we actually do slow down long enough for god to speak to us and we do hear him then are we do we obey right like even if it's something small yeah so my so my heart is why teach people to obey if the first problem is that we can't slow down enough to hear but maybe um I should not be so depressing sounding <laughs> like downcast. <laughs> well, there's like, I mean, I think there's a few layers of obedience. Like there's one type of obedience where people just know what, like you don't even have to read your Bible to know, like maybe you read it once, right? Or a few times, or like you went to church enough to like understand that there are things that Jesus asks you to do, right? So like you intrinsically just know how to obey like there's a whole bunch of like things you just know to obey to do or not to do right because that's what he says is best for you like unforgiveness very clear in scripture sure. like yeah. you're not supposed to harbor bitterness and resentment towards other people you're supposed to forgive them on site you're supposed to skip church to forgive them you're supposed to do whatever it takes to be at the same reconciled level with people mm -hmm. like that is a clear jesus principle right and so we don't need to read the bible again to remember that that's true Right. Like if we've read it or like been taught that enough, like it's probably just in us. Right. Yeah. So I, I can't say that for everybody, but I mean, for the for those of us that it's in. Right. You don't have to necessarily be like reading your Bible every day in order to understand how to obey those things. But then there's this other layer of Jesus speaking to you personally. And it's like a personal obedience. Right. And that's that's kind of like what this message is on. But like maybe obeying in the smaller things that like are kind of those 
norm things to know to obey like maybe just obeying in those things is like practice enough that when he does speak to us like we have a chance of listening right right yeah and so like man as a pastor and as a as a leader as a christ follower like we don't need to teach like i i think a lot of the church today is like let's champion truth because truth is being attacked and therefore we need to hold it stronger and talk about it more but man like that puts so much weight on the infrastructure of the church right instead right. of the weight being on jesus which is hey which is our approach is like hey i don't need to bolster truth in this world i need you i need any person to actually like start to to find jesus and in the midst of that you'll find truth and you'll right. like stand for things like if you learn to obey god in the small things guess what when like a, something comes your way like you know what you ought to do you don't need your pastor to tell you what to do. One of the most um, life-changing things I've read is, it's old, but C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters and how he's, is so, if you haven't read it, it's like, it's older literature, but it's kind of like, they're letters from like a Satan, like a demon, basically, like Wormwood. to... Yes, Wormwood. So it's all, it's like That's fictional, right. but it's like the concepts are really interesting. So it's like some uh, the concept is this idea that maybe everyone has like this personal demon that's like assigned to each person, right? It's like aim is to destroy them, right? And then he like writes back to the he's writing to his mentor head honcho, right? Yeah, whatever. Either way, that all the details of that doesn't really matter, but like kind of the the point and the thing that stuck out to me the most was that in one of them, uh, the mentor is telling the the younger demon wormwood. He's saying that all he has to do is get the human distracted. That's all he needs to do. Like he doesn't need to convince them that like their ways are wrong or they should turn from Jesus or anything like that. All he has to do is get him distracted and like fixated on anything, anything at all. And like, I just think that that is so powerful because we like, that is the definition of our society. We are just so distracted that like the Satan doesn't even need to tell us that Jesus isn't real. Right. Or like try to convince us to turn away from Christianity. We just, we turn away from Jesus because there's a lack of him in our lives because we're, fixated on other things and we're so distracted that like our eyes turn away from him and I just I I feel like that's where we're at as a society more than anything else like the fight is not to like get everybody on the same page with morality the fight is to get our eyes back on Jesus because they are everywhere but on him right and I don't know I just I I think of that all the time that like and and our society more and more is like looking like that, just more and more distracted. And I'm like, man, if that really is Satan's tactic, like that works. That is a good method because here we are, like all distracted <laughs> all the time, right? Like we have distractions on us at all times. It's crazy to think about because I doubt Jesus's followers had any idea of the amount of distractions that we would have today. I almost envy like 
the eight-hour walk they would have with Jesus yeah. from one town to the next. And yeah, there was no car, so it took, you know, that eight hours could have been done in 30 minutes or whatever, like, if they had a car. But the eight hours also slowed people down. There's silence and conversations. There's, it's just nuts. It's nuts to think about. But hopefully, it's not like our God can't connect with us, even though we're, like, so distracted. He can still connect with us. Right. He's yeah. bigger than all of our, like, he's not 2,000 years old. He, he isn't stuck in ancient, you know, mm-hmm. Palestine. He, that isn't, like, the only, that isn't God. That isn't God. God is everlasting, and he was before time, and he will be after time. And so, like, this God of the universe that is defined in big words like love and hope and joy, like, this this God, man, he can do it. He can connect with us. And so he'll always be right there next to us. So if you're listening today and you're thinking to yourself that it's impossible to connect with God, that there's too many distractions, there's too many things in my life, there may be problems in your life, but God is always right there. It's always an earshot away. And if you breathe deeply and slow down and start to, to focus your life on him, he will meet with you, walk with you, help you, all of this stuff. He will give you new vision, and new dreams, and new life that you can never find in this world. And so that's the hope that we lean on, that there is this person, this advocate we have in heaven, and this person that helps us do things we can never dream we could do by ourselves. So... Hopefully, um, we can all find him personally this week, and um, you too. So, thanks for joining us today on our podcast. We'll keep going, and uh, looking forward to the new year. We got our hope, and we got our eyes set on Christmas and uh, 2023. If you stayed with us to the end here, uh, we hope that you uh, tune in this January. We're doing a month of prayer and fasting, and so you can prepare yourself for that. And we're going to talk about it on the podcast and at church. And hopefully people, uh, we can just kind of have this distraction, like get rid of some distractions, whether that's uh, food distractions or media distractions and kind of slow down and have some, uh, give God our first month of the year. And then we continue serving him through the rest of the months. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Bye.